Hello, 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 hello. You're welcome again to Faith and Living with Ridwan. And I hope you've been having a good time studying your Bible, having better understanding on how to read your Bible. And uh, I hope you listened to the last session that I recorded. I mean, the last podcast session where I had a number of guests come up and they discussed and how Bible study, personal Bible study really helped them in their spiritual growth and a number of um, scriptures that they actually uh, misconceived before now or before Bible study, and then when they did it, what happened to them? So I think you should listen from the last part. You should listen to the last podcast, rather, and it would help you. And also, for those of you who are listening for the first time, it will be, I mean, quite important for you to listen to the first previous ones. I mean, the part one to three that I recorded, it will help you in your journey through Bible study. This time around, I will be looking at understanding the books of the Old Testament. A lot of people actually have problems with, uh, you know, with the Old Testament book. I mean, the Old Testament books actually have been the most misconceived books in Christian history. I mean, because a whole lot of teachings, doctrines, practices, religious dogmas, uh, denominational beliefs, um, and different, a whole lot of differences in Christianity beliefs today stem from the Old Testament. And usually, I mean, 80% of the time, they're from misconceived scriptures or uh, uh, a wrong idea about God. And then it becomes a practice. And that's one thing about man. When we hold a belief and we don't question it, or it's a wrong belief, it becomes, when it becomes a general practice, then it becomes institutionalized. And when it becomes institutionalized, it becomes generational. It's hard to change anymore because now it becomes a, it's a culture. It's a, it's a practice. It becomes a norm. And so when you stand up to question and now bring the right, I mean, the right view in place, you become a, re- a rebel, basically. Why? Because these beliefs have been held for so long and have become indoctrinated into our system, our culture, and then there's a big problem. So basically, um, a right understanding of the books of the Old Testament would actually save us a whole lot of misconceptions, a whole lot of wrongful believing. But the problem is these books are hard to understand. A lot of people find it hard to understand them. A lot of people wrongly explain them. And because of this, a lot of questions come up and a lot of unnecessary theories happen. Like, for instance, we've got theories like um, there are creations or there were creations before Adam. That's pre-Adamic creations. And maybe th- there was a world existing before this world, and then it got, I mean, it got uh, destroyed, and then God decided to start all over again. There are different theories, and you'll find people asking questions like, who are the people of Nod? Yeah, I mean, God created some certain set of human beings somewhere else, and then created Adam and Eve somewhere else. And the truth about it is, it's not as if the Bible hasn't given answer to these answers to these questions, but we have failed to understand the Bible in itself. So there are lots of um, on Christian practices that we pick from the Old Testament books that were not even God-instituted, but we blame most of these practices on God himself. And this is a really, I mean, a big issue today. And you find people saying things like, why did God decide to kill a lot of people in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament he changes? That gives the idea that God is not constant. And then, But the Bible says something about God being the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never changes. So if he never changes, so what happens to what happened to his character in the Old Testament 
or what happened to his mood in the Old Testament, and then all of a sudden he becomes a jelly god in New Testament. It's either God is in constant, or we are having a misconceived understanding about him. So this is why it's important for us to understand the books of the Old Testament. And like I said before, when the books in the New Testament were written, there were no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They actually had the understanding of the gospel from the Old Testament. So for us to truly understand the books of the Old Testament, first I must say the Old Testament books are actually very, very important today because we have a lot of people say things like, um, the books of the Old Testament are not important, let's discard them, we just read the New Testament, but they are important for us in understanding our walk with God. But we need to know what their relevance is. Are they for Christian practices? We need to know this. Why are the stories in the Old Testament relevant? Why were they recorded? Why do we have genealogies recorded in the Bible? You know, and if you, for those of you who read the King James Version, you see things like this person begat this person, and Abraham begat Isaac, and then Isaac begat this, and then this begat this. It becomes boring to you, and you, you think they just write this for the sake of history. But no, it wasn't written for the sake of history. There was, there's, there's something that is underlying, and that's why these genealogies were recorded. Why, would, well, why was the story of Israel going through the wilderness told? Why do we have the history of kings? Why do we have David mentioned? Why do we have the Psalms put in the Bible? These questions we need to answer. And did God actually kill people? Was he a murderer? This is a very, very, very important question that we need to answer. But for us to answer this, I need to give you um, an introductory, um, introductory uh, mess or introductory teaching to understand the Old Testament before we dive into, I mean, uh, before we dive into explaining what the books of the Old Testament mean. Now, first, remember in the last uh, one of the previous podcasts that I mentioned, I said something about. Um, uh, I said something about the Bible being like a movie plot. And when it's a movie plot, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, and then it gets to a climax. And then towards the end, you start getting answers to all the questions you had from the beginning. And then all the puzzles, the pieces of the puzzles have been put together, and then it all makes sense. So until you get to the end of this movie plot, you can't really understand what the whole direction was. So when you see movie plots, it almost seems like they're, they're focusing on different characters at different times. There's the story of this person. There's the story of this person. And from the beginning, it looks like it's unconnected. When you watch the movie, it looks like it's unconnected. It looks like this person is just independent of this. But then towards the end, you begin to see the connection between all the characters. And then at the end, you see the overarching message. Now, this is what the Bible is all about also. The Bible is like a movie plot. We cannot understand all the pieces of the puzzles, or the puzzles rather, until we get towards the end. And in our case, the end is actually Christ Jesus. He gives the explanation to the entire Bible. And that's why a lot of people regard the books of the New Testament. Why? Because the books in the New Testament are an explanation of the Old Testament. Get this? The books in the New Testament are an explanation of the Old Testament. They are the end of the movie that gives sense to the beginning. They make sense of everything that was written in the beginning. So, if we are truly going to understand the Bible, 
then it's important for us to look through the New Testament. It's like putting on the goggles of the New Testament, and then we go through and we see. So, you know, when you want to scan an apartment, you know, when these FBI's get into an apartment and they want to do some uh, um, fingerprints and all that, then they put on the UV lamps and then they're able to see the fingerprints that you're not able to see with your normal eyes. It's the same thing with the books of the New Testament. When you when you want to understand the Old Testament, you got to look through the New Testament so you can see the places where you were supposed to get the message. So for somebody who is not conversant or not understanding the person of Christ Jesus, this is key. If you don't understand the person of Christ Jesus and who Christ is, the books of the New Testament, it's quite impossible for you to unlock the books of the Old Testament. Because the apostles, the early disciples, one of the reasons they were able to explain thoroughly the books of the Old Testament was because they got an explanation through the eyes of Christ. So they got this understanding and then they were able to make sense of everything from the beginning. Now, see, for instance, why I say that the Old Testament is quite um, confusing is when you read the book of Genesis, you find things like God created the heavens and the earth. And then you find stuff like there was a garden of Eden. And then there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there was the tree of life. And then the sin that Adam and Eve committed was eating of a fruit. And, you know, for so long, we believe, I mean, in my part, in, my, in Nigeria, I mean, one of the beliefs is Eve ate an apple. So it was an apple. But the Bible never actually mentioned any form of apple. But yeah, we realize you hear a tree, you hear a garden, you hear things like that. But when we go to the New Testament, None of the apostles mention anything about Garden of Eden. Not even three. Zero mentions in the New Testament. No Garden of Eden. No tree. The only time tree of the knowledge, the tree of life was mentioned was in the book of Revelations, but it was mentioned in another context, not in the context of Garden of Eden. So, if the apostles never mentioned anything called tree, apple, Garden of Eden, then it's important for us to understand why that was mentioned. Because it was pivotal. It was mentioned in the book of Genesis. But why didn't the apostles mention that? Why didn't Jesus talk about the Garden of Eden? This is mostly because the, the, the writings in the book of Genesis, most of it were figurative expressions, having an underlying message we're going to talk about i don't want to i don't want to give you complicated matters for you but we need to i mean understand this first before i start talking about this now if you go to first corinthians chapter 2 from verse 7 now the books of the old testament are regarded or are mostly referred to as mystery i mean when the new testament apostles will refer to them they'll call them mystery now first corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 i will be reading from the nlt version it says uh, no, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. Now, mystery means, uh, the Greek word is mysteria, which means a secret, a hidden secret. It's there, but it's hidden. It's not unveiled. It's not revealed. Now, so, so in, in verse 7, it says, No, the wisdom we speak is of the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden. Even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. So we see that there is a plan of God that had been there from the beginning 
although he hid this plan. Not like saying he hid it under a pot or he hid it under the bed or something like that. No, but it's saying he didn't completely reveal the details of this plan. It was in bits and pieces, but it was hidden. People couldn't understand. Now, he says in verse 8, he says, But the rulers of this world would not have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the glorious Lord. See this now. If they had, they would not have crucified the glorious Lord. Now, it simply meant that if people had understood, or when he say rulers of this world, if the plan of God had been fully unveiled, which is in the books of the Old Testament, they would have realized that Christ's crucifixion had a major impact on humanity. And the devil and the ruler, which is the ruler of this world, was not going to let that happen. So, part of one of the reasons why this plan was not unveiled in full details was not, or was to allow God's plan come into full effect, and then we understand later on. So, he says, this is what the scripture says when they say, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, this particular scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 is one of the most misconceived scriptures, especially in where I come from. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, this particular part is quoting from Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4 and Isaiah 65 17. Now, when we quote this part, usually in the Bible, uh, we, we, we think about, oh, eyes not seen, the ear has not heard, what God has in plan for me. So we, we think about riches, we think about houses, we think about, you know, a, lo a whole lot of bunch of stuff that are not related to the scripture. But if we read this in context, we see that what this uh, Paul is actually referring an Old Testament book in Isaiah. So he says, when that was written in Isaiah, what he was pointing to is the fact that there is a plan of God that God is putting in motion. But people haven't conceived it yet. People do not understand it yet. No eye has seen it. No ear has heard it. He has prepared something for them that love him. No eye has seen it. So he says, but God revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now, how does he reveal it? By experience. The spirit is through whom? Christ Jesus. If you open to... Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. If you have your Bible, okay, so I know some of you don't have your Bibles, so that's okay. I'm going to forgive you this time. So he says, God, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto fathers by the prophet, in these last days are spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed here of all things, by whom also he made the world. That's King James Version. Now, you see, before then, he used to speak to them by the prophets, but now he has spoken clearly in the Son. So when Paul is saying things like, he has revealed this plan to us by his Spirit, he talks about God revealing it through his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, see, in the Old Testament, like I said, it was a mystery. It was something people did not understand. Now, it has been revealed. How has it been revealed? Because Christ Jesus is died and he rose and he's made sense of all the scriptures. Follow me carefully. Ephesians chapter 3. If you see Ephesians chapter 3, we see something similar. Ephesians chapter 3 in verse, let me see this, verse 3. It says, uh, let me read from NLT so we can have a better understanding. 
It says, as briefly as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. His mysterious plan to me. Now, we should be careful when we use this word mystery. It doesn't mean some diabolical, spiritual, you know, no, 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 no. What, it, what this is actually talking about is mysterious. It means hidden. Like I said, hidden plan. Revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding who? Christ Jesus. Now, verse 5, it says, God did not reveal it to previous generations. Underline that part in your Bible. God did not reveal it to previous generations. Although this plan was existing in bits and pieces, we're going to talk about that, but he didn't reveal it in details to them. But now, by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. That is, those who believe in Jesus Christ. And now, look at this in verse, verse 6. He says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Ultimately, this is the plan of God. When he says Jews and Gentiles, please understand he's not talking about just two tribes. He's talking about Jews who are the Israelites and the, other, the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world were regarded as Gentiles. So, we have the Jews who are the Israelites. And then we have the Gentiles who are the rest of the world. So, God's plan is that the Jews and Gentiles, that is the whole humanity... Who believe the gospel share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Technically, God's plan is those who believe in his gospel all come together and are part of one body. The story of salvation. We're going to talk about that, but that's the story of salvation. How God plans to redeem man to him. And all humanity is existing in God. That was the overarching plan. Overarching plan. So when we read the Bible, we're looking for the major plan of God. But it wasn't understood by previous generations. First Peter chapter 1. Let, let's go to First Peter chapter 1. First Peter is in the book of the New Testament. Like I said, yeah. First Peter chapter 1. In verse 19, look at, look at something that is uh, important here. Uh, let me see. First Peter chapter 1 verse 9. I think it's verse 9. Okay. Verse 9, it says, The reward for trust in him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. <laughs> Get this. They prophesied about it, but they didn't know more about it. Can you see that? They said something, they prophesied more about something, but they didn't know more about it. So there were bits and pieces of God's plan. There were predictions of God's plan. There were prophecies of God's plan. There were writings of God's plan in the Old Testament, but they didn't know much about it. Verse 11 says, They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. Pause there. 
Glory to God. Now, pause there. Can you see this? It says, they wondered what time of situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. Put it there. See, so God told the people in the old times, in previous generations, in the Old Testament times, about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. But when we go to the book of the Old Testament, we don't see any mention of Christ. Do you see any mention of Christ? I mean, there was no one person called Christ Jesus in the Old Testament. Yet the Bible says they prophesied about his suffering and his glory afterwards. So where in the Old Testament is the suffering of Christ mentioned? Where in the Old Testament is his glory mentioned? You see, in verse 12, it says, They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. Glory to God. So, in the books of the Old Testament, there is, please note this, in the books of the Old Testament, there is an overarching plan of God that is hidden, not unveiled, was not unveiled to the previous generations, although they wrote about this plan. Although they prophesied about this plan, it was hidden. And then, there is a major person who is in focus, Christ. But his name is not fully written in the Old Testament. Yet, his suffering was prophesied and his glory was prophesied. Where do I find this in the Old Testament? And remember I mentioned in Ephesians chapter 3, God's plan is his redeeming humanity both Jews and Gentiles, to dwell in him as a family of God, sharing in his inheritance. But where is this mentioned in the Old Testament? We don't find it literally mentioned. But the Bible says it's there. Prophecies were there. As a matter of fact, that's what the book was all about. The Old Testament books were all about, rather. Are you following? Now, look at this in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Jesus, I mean, after Jesus rose from the dead, and then they couldn't find his dead body, so some guys were on the way to Emmaus, and they were talking about this, and then Jesus joined them, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't know he, who he was, and he joined them, and he was asking questions. And he says, uh, he asked them what was going on and then they said there is a body missing they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive that's verse 23 some of our men ran out to see and sure enough his body was gone just as the women had said then verse 25 Jesus said to them you foolish people now when he says you foolish he wasn't trying to insult them but the foolishness is a state of ignorance so he was clearly pointing out how ignorant they were you foolish people you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures Pause there again. You find it hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. So there was something that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. I mean, you remember we talked about all the, the different prophets, the major and the minor prophets in the beginning now. All that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. So there was something that they wrote that these people were supposed to believe. Now look at 26. Jesus puts it clear. He says, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory. Pause it there again. Can you see 
Jesus says it was clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory. And then you ask yourself, when the prophet was the Messiah predicted? These are the things that should prick your mind. And then Jesus says, notice again, this 26 is similar and is corresponding with what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, 11. Saying that the prophets prophesied about the sufferings of Christ and his glory that would follow. So, in 27, Jesus then says, in Luke, 4, Luke 24, 27, he says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses. Back up. In 26, he says, Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things? It was predicted. I'm sure one of the questions the guys had in mind was, where was it predicted? Where in the Old Testament, or where did the prophets predict about the sufferings of Christ and his glory? So the Bible says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses. What are the writings of Moses? We talked about the first five books of the Old Testament. So those were the writings of Moses, starting from Genesis. And then he took them through all the prophets. Are you seeing this now? explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus took them through a proper Bible school, in quotes. Right there, he journeyed. I'm sure there was, this wasn't a one-hour conversation. It wasn't a two-hour conversation. It had to be a time of thorough teaching and explanation. Because he says, he took them through the, Mo the books of Moses, the writings of Moses. If I read from King James Version, the Bible says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, the Ketuvim, the Nevi'im, all the writings, he expounded unto them. Now, the Greek word for expounded, for those of you who remember I told you about that, the Greek word for expounded there is damenio. It means to explain thoroughly, to expound, to interpret, to explain with details. So when Jesus was saying to these people, he took them through this journey, explaining from the writings of Moses and all the prophets. So I could imagine him sitting down, all the things concerning himself. So he sat down, he sat them down, and I'm, I could imagine him telling them, when Genesis said this, this is what he meant about me. When this happened in the book of Genesis, this is what he said about me. When this happened in the book of Exodus, this is what he said about me. When this was written in the book of Isaiah, this is what he said about me. He had to take them through each book. Explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Are you seeing this now? So, if we go through the books of the Old Testament, there's an understanding we need to get. Something is overarching. The plan of God, which is the salvation of man. Bringing man into uh, a union with God. And then we see that there is a focused person who is Christ Jesus. And he is meant to suffer and his glory to follow. So, when I'm going back to the Old Testament, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for this overarching message, this overarching plan that was hidden before and now is revealed. I need to understand this in detail. And I need to understand this focused character. Though so many characters were mentioned in the Old Testament, so many names, so many histories, so many genealogies, there's one focused character, Christ. I need to look for him. So when I'm reading the Old Testament, this is the understanding I'm looking for. Now, in case you're still doubting about this, now, when Jesus' father, I mean, when he walked and he left this man uh, walking to Emmaus, 
he went to the disciples and then they doubted his appearance and then he ate food with them and as he ate it they watched then he said when i was with you before that's luke 24 verse 44. look at what he says in both luke 24 44 he says then he said when i was with you before i told you that everything written about me listen again he is about to do the same teaching he did to those two guys. He's about to do it here in 44. He says, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses. Hold on. Where was Christ written about in the law of Moses? This is what you ask yourself. Now, this is why you realize that the, the Old Testament books, rather, the Old Testament books will be confusing if you do not understand the person of Christ. So, Jesus says, the law of Moses was wrote about me, rather. Now, that means Genesis and all the first five books of Moses wrote about Jesus. But we don't see any name Jesus in the books of the Old Testament. We don't see any name Jesus Christ. Moses doesn't even mention Christ. So how did you write about him? This is why you realize New Testament or Christ is important to understand in the books of the Old Testament. He says, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets... And in the Psalms must be fulfilled. So he puts all the entire Tanakh together. The Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim. Puts all of them together and he says, The Lord Moses spoke about me. The prophets spoke about me. The Psalms also spoke about me. And what they said about me must be fulfilled. I'm sure the disciples were also confused. I mean, where did Jesus, where was Jesus spoken about? In the Old Testament, we have no so much as we have not as as much as heard anybody about Christ or anything about Christ in the Old Testament. We never heard of him before. And then he says in verse forty verse forty seven, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority. Guys, it is important for us to understand the books of the Old Testament. In verse forty five, look at what he says. Then he opened their minds. To understand the scriptures. Glory to God. Please put online that part. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Remember when I say when Jesus was talking about scriptures here, he wasn't talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because these books weren't written before. The Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written about 500 years or so after Jesus had resurrected, or many years after Jesus had resurrected, actually. I'm not correct about the number of years. But as at this point, there was a mathematical conjunction. So when Jesus says scriptures, he's referring to the Tanakh, the, the writings, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, the prophets, and the Torah, the books of Moses. So the Bible says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. They had the scriptures before. You know, I quoted one scripture to you in the early part when we started this Bible study about the book of Acts and the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch who was reading and didn't understand what he was reading. The Bible says, he says, uh, Philip asked him, do you understand what you read? And then he says, how can I understand except somebody explains to me? So most of them had the books of the scriptures. They had the Old Testament, but they never understood it. Until today, we have people like that who do not look at the books of the Old Testament from the angle of Christ or from the eyes of Christ. And still, it's a mystery to them. So that's why you find people say the books of the Old Testament are mysterious books. They are no longer mysterious books. Why? Because an explanation of the Old Testament has been given to us now. So he says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, it all makes sense. So when he explained to them, 
it all made sense. He opened their minds to He did a proper teaching. This is why teaching is important in your church. We cannot substitute teaching for any ministerial gift, whether miracles, whether singing, whether uh, drumming, whether helps, whether charity. The, the major job of the church is to teach. When Jesus was ascending, he called Peter and says, do you love me more than this? And then he says, feed my lamb. If teaching is taken out of our churches, proper Bible teaching, then we're going to have people who are misunderstanding God and wrongfully believing in a gospel, in another kind of gospel. So he says in verse 26, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer. Again, the same thing. It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. These were written in the books of the Old Testament. Yet they were not written literally. We got to look for them and understand them through the eyes of Christ. Hallelujah. So that's the message. And there's an overarching plot. This now takes us to 2 Timothy verse 3. This is the last part I'm going to quote for this particular podcast. That will continue um, in the next podcast. In verse 15, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse uh, let me see, 14, it says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Now in verse 15, he says, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures. The Scriptures again talks about the Old Testament books from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom. What the Scriptures, if you study the Old Scriptures very well, it will give you the wisdom to receive salvation, which is the plan of God, to redeem man and bring him into union with him. Salvation that comes by who? By trusting in Christ Jesus. So there's a plan of God, which is salvation, coming through who? Christ Jesus. So there's a plan and there's a major character in the book of the Old Testament. So how do we understand the Old Testament? We need to, the only way we can understand the books of the Old Testament is if we're looking from the lens of Christ. If you understand the person of Christ, if you know the person of Christ, then it's easier to understand the books of the Old Testament. But if you're looking at it as a normal scholar who's just trying to read Bible, it's never going to make sense. It's never going to make sense. You're going to keep seeing contradictions that are not there. But when you look from the books of the New Testament or from the place of Christ, then you get the message. So, if we're going to be reading the books of the Old Testament, there's something on the line that we must be looking for. One, the major plan of God, salvation, and the focus character, Christ Jesus. So, the focus character is the message in the Old Testament. Christ Jesus is the message in the books of the Old Testament, unveiling God's plan. This is the introduction to understanding the books of the New Old Covenant or the Old Testament. If you don't have this basic introduction, if you do not have this basic understanding, you're going to be confused. Because now that you know this, now that we're looking for Christ in the books of the Old Testament, now that we're looking for the overarching message of salvation in the books of the Old Testament, it makes it easier for us to study. We can compare the books in the New Testament and the Old Testament together. So when I'm going to start this study, I will be uh, uh, doing some cross-referencing. So we see something in the book of the Old Testament and we use the New Testament books as the unlocking key to understand the Old Testament. So in case you've been confused about the books of the Old Testament, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to just start a study very soon and it's not going to be confusing to you anymore. I'm for you <laughs> because 
The Old Testament books are actually very important. Do not throw them away. Don't, don't. Don't say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a new believer Christian. The Old Testament doesn't, is not important. No. The Old Testament is like the big textbook that you gotta understand, that you read and then you get full comprehensive understanding. The New Testament gives us all the understanding we need, the explanation we need. But when we go back to the books of the Old Testament, then we have a comprehensive understanding and then we're able to see, oh wow, this was God's plan from the beginning. So this is the first introduction to this, and I hope you were blessed by this. Listen, listen over and over again. Try listening about two or three times for you to understand this very well. Then we'll, get, we'll move on to the next teaching, which is starting with some books in the Old Testament, especially from the book of Genesis. I hope you've had a wonderful time, and I hope you've enjoyed this teaching. Please stay tuned, listen to all the messages, and I'll be uploading the next podcast. Until then, have a wonderful, wonderful time starting your Bible and your spiritual work with Christ. God bless you.